you creeps, ghouls, phantoms, gremlins, and all other kind of spooky ne'er-do-wells I can even think of right now. Welcome on into VG Emporium, video game music and more. I'm your host, Rage Cage. First off, I'd like to apologize for the lack of, like, you know, creepy Halloween-y kind of vibey, whatever going on with my hosting today, or, you know, decorations here is just, uh, I've never really been much into, you know, decorating or dressing up for Halloween, you know, I'm not against it, I just, uh, you know, personally, I just, I just don't do it for myself. And I only say this because uh, if you were here for last year's Halloween episode, um, I let a couple of my employees, residents, I, I, Crypt Keepers, I don't know what to call them, uh, you know, I let them host it last year, um, you know, Vricent Lurchford and Laurel Pietri, and you know, they did a good job, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna bulk them on that, but um, it's just the fact that they held a seance and they summoned a ghost from beyond the grave, and it happened to be the weird cat creature thing that uh, held me hostage in April Fool's Day of 2022, you know, when I was just starting out. It kept referring itself to Gadrel for something, I, I don't know, but I told him, like, you know, hey, if you're gonna do any kind of weird seance summoning stuff, do it someplace else away from the shop. And so that's why I'm hosting this Halloween-themed episode this year, um, and also not releasing it on Halloween Day, just to avoid any weird residuals that may be from last year. And to be double sure, I'm not even calling this a Halloween episode. I'm gonna call it something like Creeptastic. I, I don't know, something like that. So, uh, because we're gonna be listening to tracks that are pretty creepy. And the games they're from are generally pretty creepy themselves, and some of them, one of them is even like some kind of mind-melting horror. But before we go any further, I'd like to remind you that episode 100 is coming right up. Four more episodes. Holy jeez. And it's going to be customer favorites. So if there's a track that you've really liked that's been played on the show, you know, let me know. Whether you've been listening since the beginning or you're just now coming in, send it on over to vgemporium at gmail.com on any of the social medias like Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or on Discord if you want to join that and let me know on the 100 episode extravaganza channel. And yeah, send the name of the track, the episode it's from, and a little message or audio testimonial if you want. And I just realized that um, episode 100 is actually going to be coming out on November 23rd, not 16th. So actually, it's gonna be right on Thanksgiving Day. Crazy, huh? Didn't even plan for that. But uh, I'm still gonna keep the deadline or you know due date by um, November 9th, so I could have time to be able to make sure I have everything together. But I will take some stragglers between you know the 9th and the 16th. All right. So getting into the episode proper, the uh, track that we opened up with is called "Opening" from Dead of the Brain, composed by Ryu Takami and Marina, and this was developed and published by Fairy Tale for the PC 98 in 1992. And, uh, you know, that means this came out shortly after Lamb Mall, which, if you don't know what that is, go check out episode 93, where I talk about that game and its soundtrack with the help of its ripper, Marklin Cadet. But the thing from that that's relevant for here is that Fairy Tale was very well known for its rogue, you know, which are adult-oriented erotic games. And a lot of these games, up until 1992, featured a gratuitous nudity, you know, a lot of graphic sexual content. But um, after a certain incidences in first in, like, the late 80s, and then one that happened with one of their own games, they had to tone that down. Hey, we could go from graphic gratuitous sex to graphic gratuitous violence, while also keeping some relatively tamer, sexy bits in there. And so you get Dead of the Brain, which is a zombie apocalypse adventure game. And I will let you know that I've actually started playing this because I was finally able to get my PC-98 emulator on the Mio Mini Plus that I have working, and they are, there's actually an English translation of this game that just came out last year. I haven't gotten very far because I've gotten stuck on one part because I'm missing one little tidbit of thing to be able to progress like with any other point-and-click adventure game, but so far I'm liking it. The graphics are really nice, like, you know, it's a lot of still screens, you know, like the scenes are in the main window, you got menus, you got a dialogue box, and the pixel art is really good, especially when they get those close-ups of those zombies in there because, and the gore they do in that is uh, pretty, pretty good. And the music, of course, you know, fits it really well because, um, you know, half of it is this kind of, kind of creepy sound of stuff, and then the other half is really action-y stuff. For uh, scenes where you're actually having to uh, do some quick actions if you're while you're being attacked by a zombie, unless you be killed. So getting into our composers here, um, first we got Ryu Takami, who um, of course most 
folks would know as working with Ryo Umamoto on games such as Zuno and Ground Seed and uh, Eve Burst Error. And I feel I don't really need to go more into him because I've already talked about him a few times on the show before, and he was actually just recently featured in episode 93, Lamal, because he was part of that sound duo with uh, Hideaki Takashita. And so getting into our next composer, Marina. Um, their only credit is this game that I could find so far, and they, the only other name I could find is Marina Sound. But um, yeah, both Marina and Ryo Takami are part of the Muse Sound Team, which you know was also covered in that episode about Lamal. You know, just go check that episode out. It's really good. The music itself is really awesome. But um, yeah, Muse was an independent music company that was formed out of the original Sound Team of Fairy Tale. But that tale is for another day. Or you could probably check out episode 54 of Audio Panic Room, which actually did a whole episode about Muse for Masters of EGM this year. All right, I've been doing too much talking and not enough creeping, so we're going to get into our next track, and this one is sure to give you the heebie-jeebies. We got Cherry Nightmare from Fatum Botula, composed by Simone Peltier. That dissonant nightmare scape was Cherry Nightmare from Phantom Boutula, composed by Simone Peltier. And this is a game I got on the Switch, bundled with another game that I'll be featuring on the episode, and, um, best way I could describe it is as a strange dream state that is between nightmare and just kind of vague creepy. What story there is is very obtuse. Um, there's this tree that grants life or death, and you have to, you know, feed it something or not feed it something. I'm not quite sure, but, um... Yeah, the, there's only a few areas you can go to. Um, there's, like, multiple endings you can get to it for it, depending on what you give the tree. And there are others that you can interact with in this area, this realm, whatever it is. Um, the norm, most normal one is this weird cat-fox thing. Um, the others are just very bizarre. Um, the one that shows up in the area when this music is playing, which is um, this kind of weird, like, bamboo forest area, and then there's, like, this little fisherman's hut in the middle of a lake or a pond. And after, you know, doing some certain things, you activate this nightmare version of it where everything is just like kind of like uh, like copied images of the area around. So like as you're walking, it's just kind of replicating what you're looking at ahead of you. And it's very disorienting. And amongst the things that show up in this place is this strange elongated egg-headed looking fellow with long arms and long fingers. And he's just looking at you with his wide eyes and his teeth just showing he doesn't hurt you or anything. He's just very strange looking. And this music playing the entire time is, uh, you know, definitely 
you know, puts you in a certain state. You know, I should explain what this game looks like. It's uh, like a lost PS1 game, low poly textures, minimal backgrounds and areas you explore in. Um, it's very reminiscent of LSD Dream Simulator. You know, and when I was first playing this game, you know, it was at night, everything was dark, um, and yeah, you know, it's pretty unsettling. I mean, at the beginning of the game, you know, there's this thing that approaches you. It's like this, uh, all I could explain it, like a biblically accurate angel type thing. And it gives you a couple of vials and it tells you, hey, this tree right here, feed it or don't. See what happens. I don't care. And then it just gets out of there. And then when you get to this part, you know, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty creeped out. And the music by Simone Peltier definitely uh, feeds into that. You know, there's only a few tracks in this OST, like six, well, five. There, you know, there's an alternate version of Cherry Dream, which is the other version of this song. But um, yeah, they all fit the mood for each area. And yeah, it's you know, really good. Very minimal. And then looking at her band camp, she's done a few other things. She has Disparity of the Dead, Mysteries Under Lake Ophelia, and then a couple called Haunted PS1 Demo Disc. One's called Museum, and then the other one's Spectral Mall. And that's all I got on her. Um, I will be linking her band camp in the show notes because, uh, you know, I checked the rest of her music out and it's pretty interesting stuff. So now getting into our next track. Uh, this is coming from a game that I am really excited to uh, for when it comes out. It's going to be coming out actually today as this episode releases, at least for consoles, you know, being what I have at the Switch. And so what we have here is Forest Mystery Investigation from World of Horror, composed by Joseph Bailey, a.k.a. Cuesta.
Holy hell. That was Forest Mystery Investigation from World of Horror, composed by Joseph Bailey, a.k.a. Cuesta. And yet, damn, this this track here is, uh, it's something else. It's all over the place. It's got, like, that mix of just eerie, like, atmospheric creepiness mixed with that action that goes in there and then just blends that magically together. And, yeah, you know, this game, um, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. It's a combination of things I normally don't lean towards, you know, horror and uh, roguelike or light. But it's just the combination of everything. The visuals, which is like this monochromatic one-bit graphics. Um, the story, which is based on Junji Ito and H.P. Lovecraft. And then the music, of course, done by both by Questa or Joseph Bailey, as well as Sebastian Zabowski or Ark of Dream. And it's all just kind of pulled me in. Now, I have to clarify that there has been a playable demo of this game out since 2019 and, you know, having things added onto it throughout the years. But, but the actual official 1.0 release, which is the complete game, is, uh, is coming out, or it's been released on Steam or earlier this month, and it's coming out on consoles this today, the 26th. And I'm probably going to be getting this on the Switch because, um, you know, as easy it would be having on Steam and having the availability of modding the game, because, yes, there's already a modding community of people adding, like, their own scenarios, new enemies, music, all that, for this game, you know, already. Um, it's just the convenience of having it on that little handheld console, or, you know, relatively little compared to everything else. But damn it, you know, if I'm looking at all these mods and I'm seeing like, I gotta do it, I might just get the Steam version. You know, a little side tangent here is that, um, you know, I've been playing uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk on Switch, though I've been seeing people actually modding the Steam version. One person I've been following, Beetlejuice, has been creating models of No More Heroes characters. He's already got multiple versions of Travis Touchdown, he's got Shinobu done, he's working on, um, what is it, Glastonbury, and it's looking real good adding all the sounds and stuff and being able to add No More Heroes music to it. And I'm starting to, you know, feeling the urge to buy the Steam version to be able to actually put those mods in there and play as, you know, the ridiculous otaku warrior that is Travis Touchdown, as well as many other things such as Fat Man from Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, Red from Pokemon. I mean, there's so many cool mods going on with that game and like wall, wall planting, being able to actually do tricks, go up to a building, plant on it and jump off of it. Ah, it's getting crazy. But I digress. I'm um, getting back to World of Horror. Um, a quick synopsis of the story is that it takes place in the year 1990X. It takes place in a fictitious version of Shiokawa, Japan, where you, as the player, must um, do a bunch of investigations, fight otherworldly creatures, doing all of this to prevent a looming apocalypse brought on by the old gods, though uh, which one it is, I think, depends on your playthrough. And this game uh, has a very interesting mix of gameplay elements. Uh, it's like an adventure game, like the Japanese style, where you have a single window that shows events or uh, stills. You have all your menu stuff going on, and then you have uh, combats, which are turn-based, like an RPG turn-based style, and then you have roguelite, which is where, you know, each scenario is slightly different each time you play through it. Yeah, but for me, the main draw is, of course, the visuals, which is, uh, you know, even though it's a one-bit monochromatic, um, the, just the style, like the detail and everything, is just really just interesting and amazing, especially on this stuff that is uh, leaning towards the cosmic horror and uh, Junji Ito stuff. One cool detail is that your character, as you're playing through, um, changes, like, how they look in their, uh, status screen, and just, uh, you know, they start off looking normal, and then they start taking, you know, damage, maybe get some blood on them, some scars, some disfigurements, and, uh, yeah, just, again, just this really cool aesthetic that's going on. And, of course, the music helps with this just so much. Just from what I've listened to so far, it's, uh, just sounds amazing, and I'm really excited to hear it in action in the game. So, you know, hearing this music, you know, it definitely sounds like NES because of that triangle bass going on there and then just the square waves and everything. Um, and initially when I heard it, I thought maybe it was VRC6. And then when the beat kicks in, I thought it was N163, you know, made with Family Tracker or one of its variants. 
So I reached out to Questa to ask if this was the case, and they answered that they made this NFL studio using a combination of Magical 8-Bit Plugin and Native Instruments Massive, and that they didn't have any particular chip in mind or limitations therein. So that's cool to know, and you know, still it's really impressive that he was able to get this big sound out of basically just square waves, and then of course that triangle wave for that really nice deep bass. So now talking about Questa, you know, real name Joseph Bailey, all I really have to go off of is their band camp, and the latest project they have worked on is World of Horror, and the other ones are No Mercy, Devil Engine, and Blueprint Steel Assault. And these others are very shmup-like in the way how they sound. Fast-paced, heavy on the synths and guitar, just like really cool rockin' stuff. And uh, I'll be linking their Bandcamp in the show notes, you know, check their music out, it's some really good stuff. And, uh, you know, definitely check out some trailers for this game if you're not sure about it, because they're amazing, it may just sell it to you. Oh, and actually, one last cool thing to note about this game is that it was developed by one person, that being Pavel Kozminski, working under the name Panstash, and he made all the pixel art in this game with MS Paint. Really neat stuff there, huh? Okay, so we're gonna bring the energy down to a much more eerie space here. Um, we're gonna get a track that's coming from a game that was actually bundled with Fatum Botula. So what I got here is Urban Dreamscape, Apartments theme from Paratopic, composed by Lazzy Brown, aka Bo Chaotica.
And that was Urban Dreamscape, Apartment Scene, from Paratopic, composed by Lazzy Brown, a.k.a. Bo Chaotica. And yes, this here game was part of that horror bundle with Fatum Batula. And I should probably say the term horror here, you know, it's uh, more implied horror than overt horror. It's kind of more about, it's more about putting you in this weird mind space that, you know, it does have a couple jump scares, but it's more, yeah, just uh, kind of like a vibe, as overused as that word is. But yeah, the um, the visuals for this game definitely put you in that weird mind space. It's kind of like a, uh, like, PS1 textures over kind of like Dreamcast 3D models and environments. It, it's, think, uh, kind of like late 90s PC games, yeah? To give you a visual, like one of the first scenes in the game, uh, there's this guy talking at you very aggressively, um, and the words that are coming out of his mouth are vaguely English. There's maybe one or two words you'll understand, but the rest of it's just like this garbled madness. And his face, like, it, none of the features move, like, no eye blinking, no mouth moving or anything, but it shifts around the three, like, the 3D model, like, just all morphing and stuff, and it's, it's, it's a little, it's definitely very strange. And the story, uh, I, I, to say, I don't know if that's what to call it, but, um, what it is, is, uh, you go between two different characters, mostly one is what's called the Assassin, which is trying to deliver these VHS tapes, that um, do stuff to people, and then the other one is a photographer that's just wandering through the woods and seeing all this kind of like weird, kind of creepy just going ons. And unlike Fatum Batula, uh, where it had like you know set areas you could explore and get items and do certain things to get different endings, this one is just like set location piece after piece after piece. Um, you get some options to do some different things to get some little uh, tag things at the end of the game that say, hey, you did this thing, cool. But for the most part, there's always like the same endpoint as far as I found. So, you know, I feel that this game is more about like, you know, playing it multiple times, trying out all the different options to get different pieces to, you know, put together the story as much of it there is. So I don't really want to spoil the story because, uh, you know, that whatever story there is, it's kind of really cool to go along with those visuals. So if you want to know, uh, check out a playthrough or get just get it for Switch or Steam or whatever, because it's usually on sale and bundled with Fatum Batula for only a couple bucks. Maybe one thing I'll tell you though is uh, where this music plays is that it's uh, you start out in a lobby. Uh, it's just kind of like you know very tacky, kind of dark, dingy looking. You hit a button for the elevator to come, and then as soon as you do that, this music kicks in, and it takes about a minute and a half for the elevator to come down. You get in, you go to your floor of the apartment complex, and then this music just keeps playing. And uh, you know you have an encounter with one of your neighbors. They want to hit you up for a tape, and then you have your choices of how to respond to all this, which sets up different things that happen. So. Yeah, find out for yourself. And so now, speaking about the music, uh, for the most part, it is kind of like this, just low droney, uh, fits the scenes pretty well. There's a couple action-y bits, and of course, this is all done by Lassie Brown, which um, I can only find the one game credit, which is Paratopic, uh, but she does have a SoundCloud where she has uh, some original music, which seems to be a mix between experimental and some kind of Eurobeat and dark trance, if that's the way to put it. And that, unfortunately, is all I have on uh, Lassie Brown, Bo Chaotica. So now we're getting into our next track here, and uh, this is coming from one of my favorite games. Uh, this track is definitely going to put you in a horror mode. This is Nest from Killer7, composed by Masafumi Takata.
And that was Nest from Killer7, composed by Masafumi Takata, and I hope your spine is a-tingling from that one. Your knees are-shaking, your teeth are-clattering, you know, I would be too in this situation. So let me set the scene here, the Smith Syndicate. They're sent on a mission to the Dominican Republic. So they're going through this whitewashed city, you know, exploring windmills and getting lost in a giant maze, and then they come upon a church. They go inside, and it's, you know, things look normal until you actually get to the center of the church, where this chamber is just taken over by what's called a duplicator smile. You know, these have been encountered before in previous scenarios, but then this one is different. This one is just growing all over the place. So instead of having one critical spot, it has multiple. And it has multiple spots where it's replicating smiles, just these eggs dropping out, cracking open, and them just laughing at you. Just, you know, like Heaven Smile do. And this is pretty overwhelming, especially with this music playing. And I remember this creeping me out pretty good when I first got to this point. And you know, you hear their feet slapping coming at you and you're shooting at them and you think you're getting them, but then there's one that comes from behind you and just lets out that mad cackle and blows up and everything goes white and then you're kind of stunned and then you're getting just pile dogpiled by them. And that's why you gotta switch to Dan Smith, the Hellion, and make sure you put a lot of blood into their aims so that, you know, you can hit them all in their critical points and then focus on the critical points of the replicator smile and take that thing out. And why Dan Smith, you ask? Well, that's because he's the only one that can take these things out because he has what's called the collateral shot, which is a crazy charged up magnum round. And it's at that moment you don't feel all feared no more. Now this you think it'd be the moment I'd tell you about this game, talk about Masafumi Takata, but I already did that on its own episode, episode 77, Killer 7. And if you haven't listened to it, definitely go check it out because I had a fun time putting that one together. So instead, we're gonna get into our last track here and this is definitely gonna be a mood changer. This is more spooky than creepy. This is Spooky Girl by Senpai, an NES Famicom entry to Winterchip 13, on Battle of the Bits.
was Spooky Girl, an entry to the NES Famicom category of the Winter Chip 13 on Battle of the Bits. But I of course discovered this The Life a Little Ditty on SoundCloud back in 2019, while I was stocking shelves at my job at the local food co-op. And you know, you just gotta love it when somebody does an NES tune and they use the triangle as the lead. But then of course that has to go back to doing bass, and when he does it, it's that nice glumpy triangle bass, and uh... Yeah, this song overall is just really, really enjoyable. And yes, you know, I'll address the fact that I happen to do a lot of auditory whiplash here, you know, going from Nest to this. Whoo, that's gotta be a big switcheroo for you, huh? You know, after listening to all these creep-tastic tracks, I figure, you know, it'd be really good to kind of give you a nice little uplift. You know, something that gets you in the real spirit of Halloween, which is about having spooky fun. You know, it doesn't have to all be about psychological, gory, cosmic horror, you know? So now to get more into the song, you know, I absolutely love it. It's just really fun. You know, kind of has like that spooky skeletons dancing in a graveyard kind of tune, and then it kind of goes into this really kind of like jazzy number right here. It's like, what? And then it gets into more of like a, not quite a song, but more of like, kind of like a Spanish kind of dancey vibe. I don't know. It's I, it's just, I really like this song. So one last little funny thing I'll mention is, you know, the fact that it's released on Winter Chip as opposed to like some Halloween themed compo. But hey, you know, there it is. And then Senpai, um, they've only done like five entries on Battle of the Bits between 2015 and 2019. They released that on SoundCloud. And then they also released a bunch of covers they did from 2015 to 2019. And then on SoundCloud, they're active, primarily doing 8-bit covers of other VGM using OCC Family Tracker. And that, unfortunately, is all I have for you on Senpai and Spooky Girl. And this brings us in to the end of our creeptastic journey here at VG Emporium, which I am very glad that nothing strange has happened. No ghosts, no spooks, no specters, no creeps, no jeeps, no skeletons, no nothing. This is good, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. So yeah, thank you again for coming into VG Emporium. Um, and again, I'd like to remind you that episode 100 is coming up, so give me your entries. You know, your favorite track that's been played on the show, a little message or testimonial if you want to send that along. Get that to me before or by November 9th. I might take little stragglers between the 9th and the 16th. And you can again get those to me by email on any of those social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or on Discord. And again, if this is your first time in and if you've listened all the way to the end, you can find VG Emporium at all your other favorite podcatchers, such as Apple, Google, Spotify, though I understand that is not going so well right now. And if you'd like to try something new and exciting, there's TerraPlayer, which is a hub for many video game related podcasts, including VGM. And there is, of course, the main website, vgemporium.wordpress.com. Ah, and one last fun note is that if you happen to be a listener of XVGM Radio, or if you're not, you know, definitely go check them out. Um, they're having their Spooky Fest coming up, and um, I'm most likely is going to be going and, you know, checking it out. And who knows, maybe, like, you know, amongst all the festivities, and if they're not too busy hosting the event, I might go over and just say hi to them. So that would be fun. And, uh, oh, actually, one last thing. Um, next week's episode, I know what I'm going to be doing. We're going to be exploring the unknown. Unknown composers, that is. So please do come and check that out. I got a lot of interesting tunes for you. So again, thank you for coming into VG Emporium, and have yourself a fun, safe, and happy Halloween.